So the most recent experience I have with cannabis that's really powerful is when I was pregnant. This is extremely taboo yeah, to talk about. Do it. Hopefully CPS isn't listening. <laughs> which I have a handful of friends who have gone through that, where they mention using cannabis for nausea to their obstetrician and CPS ends up showing up. It's extremely traumatic. Giving birth is scary enough. And then being told after you ferociously push it out of your womb <laughs> that uh, we might take it away now because <laughs> you use- A plant that is non-toxic. Yeah. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak, they talk to you, they will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Got that blueberry yum yum. <laughs> there are Never so thought many it would taste this good. good songs we could play. <laughs> I like my bong hit best though. Wow. Remember you that bong that but. remember that bong that you hid in the tree? <laughs> you mean the one that got me arrested or us arrested? <laughs> the bong didn't get you arrested. Well, the bong us didn't arrest. help. No, it didn't. But yeah, it's funny that you hit it in a tree. <laughs> you were so Why? committed to keeping it. Oh. I think it was the first bong I ever bought for myself. Really? Yeah. I can't, I'm, I can't remember. I cannot remember God, the I used to specific bong. I, ha- I can remember times where I literally rolled over, woke up, rolled over, and picked the bong up off the floor and hit it while laying in bed. Wow. I'm just going to do that. All <laughs> yeah, it's kind of creep, so creeping me out. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know I could do such a good bong. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Well. What a different. What would you? Th- what do you think is the most different thing about me since I am not smoking cannabis? Oh, my gosh. Regular? Your face (laughs) is so much more relaxed, (laughs) which is ironic (laughs) because you would think if somebody's smoking cannabis all day, they're pretty relaxed. But when you're somebody who has a lot of goals and things going on, it can make logistically things very confusing (laughs) and stressful. hack (laughs) Hack through the jungle of cannabis as I attempted to accomplish yeah you're you had this like this what do you call it very wrinkly forehead (laughs) scowl look yeah it is ironic that I'm more relaxed now that I don't smoke weed the same thing happened with tobacco too though I remember when I one of the times that I quit smoking cigarettes I was working in a restaurant, and you know, everybody's like, oh, you're not signed to take a smoke break. I need a smoke break. I need a smoke break. And you think that's how you get your relaxation. And then when you quit smoking cigarettes, you realize that, like, you were stressed about going to smoke a cigarette. Like, oh, I gotta smoke a fucking cigarette. I gotta smoke a cigarette. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're stressed. <clears throat> thinking, and it's really just the deep breathing that is the 
calming aspect of mm-hmm. cigarettes. But stepping away from getting a change of perspective, stepping you away. You not smoking weed is much more grounded. Much more grounded. You were hmm. very. I mean, you never did smoke a ton, um, but you were very kind of airy fairy. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You were much sure. more relaxed. You were way too relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. Oh, uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Never. Yeah, when we first met, I, well, I hadn't been smoking cannabis for probably over a year when we first met. Mm-hmm. And you were smoking cannabis all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just easily slip back into a pattern Mm -hmm. that I had been in prior to not smoking cannabis. It's an easy one to get back into. Yeah. It's very, very easy because it feels for me, it feels so healthy. Like when you first, when I first Mm -hmm. um, engage with cannabis after not engaging for a while, the initial feeling is deep relaxation Mm -hmm. and change in perspective that Mm -hmm. I I generally feel like, wow, I really needed that. I needed to have a change in perspective and I needed to just chill out. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and it also, because the deep relaxation for me, I feel more confident at first. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, so it feels like something that I can just keep doing this. Mm -hmm. This is manageable. I can socialize with this. I can, I'm having all these ideas. I feel very creative. Mm -hmm. Like I should do this more. And then it's just difficult to organize your creative ideas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're using it all the time. It's probably important that we don't overgeneralize. There are certainly people who use cannabis all day long that it seems to be quite okay for them but it's really easy to say that and for it not to be actually really true yeah so for you because so how long were you engaging with cannabis and not really taking a break. Did you ever really take a break? No. From using it? So when I was arrested. Okay. So that was how long? I didn't smoke at all for two years when we, were, when we got arrested. When I was 20? No, hell no. I was 16. I was like 15 or 16 first time I smoked. And I was in love. It was like that half-baked you know when they first show them that i think it's half-baked movie when they first smoke weed and they're just like oh it's like this the fucking most beautiful thing that's how i was my buddy aaron z shout out aaron z good friend of mine for a very long time um he got us we got some weed and went and got some papers and went and smoked a joint and his parents who were teachers at the school the grade school uh, that was connected to the high school where we went were well known and they happened to go into the grocery store where we bought the papers and the people at the grocery store told 
his parents, like your son was just in here buying rolling papers. And so they somehow found out where we were and came and got us. And normally I would have been stressed out, like my parents were going to fucking kill me. Like this is the end of my life kind of thing. And I didn't give a shit. We were riding in the back of the car and it was dark and the stoplights and the neon lights and everything was just like, I was grinning from ear to ear. It was amazing. It was, it was just, oh, I was in love. And I started smoking pretty regularly right after that. My parents didn't find out. He didn't, his parents didn't tell my parents because uh, they didn't even know each other. And so it was just kind of all over the place in high school. It was a weekend thing. They would smoke. And then when I was 18 and I got my own apartment, I still didn't really smoke every day then. I was more of a heavy drinker. I guess it was when I moved to Louisville here, actually living again with uh, my buddy Aaron. I moved. We moved to Louisville. I went to a therapist. I think I mentioned this on a podcast that I went to a therapist here because my girlfriend had broken up with me. My parents were divorced, and, and and anyway, they tried to medicate me, and I was like, took Zoloft for two weeks. I was like, now fuck that. I will self-medicate with cannabis, and so that's what I did. And I just started smoking every day. You know, it'd be a relaxing relaxation thing at the end of the day. And I guess when I started working in the restaurant, there's tons of weed, and it's just like we're just gonna smoke it all day long. I'm gonna learn how to live high. That went on for 20 years. It literally went on for 20 years that I smoked all day, every day. And a big part of that was, as I mentioned to you, was this pushback against uh, prohibition, right? Like, first of all, I had a bunch of family that got arrested for big-time marijuana grows. My parents were always demonizing cannabis. It's like this devil weed. Society at that time was very much like it's a bad, bad thing. Bad people smoke weed. I started smoking weed. I was like, this isn't bad. This is pretty fucking chill, actually. And so then my personality being what it is was like, now I'm going to just completely dive into this thing. And then I got into Rasta and Rasta, uh, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like the thing about Rasta is that what was beneficial about it in the early is because I, I would use cannabis as a meditation in large part. I would also use it recreationally and just kind of just chilling out, but I would use it in meditation and I found that to be really very helpful but it just it just permeated every waking moment of my life you know I was like here's Mm -hmm. here's how I'm going to prove to the world that marijuana is a good thing I'm gonna smoke it every day till I die yeah and look at me go accomplishing look at me do all all these various things and raising a family and Mm -hmm. Yep. Still being able to use this demonized plant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow, that's a long time. 20 years. Yeah. So, I mean, now looking at myself, I'm like, what could I have done? How much time did I waste chasing weed and spending money on weed and not being able to keep my thoughts together and being so stressed out? And so did you have friends close to you that you respected that brought up your cannabis use to you in a concerned way ever Uh, it was always in the those that did did so in a 
accusatory, demonizing way. It was never like, hey, man, I don't think this is, maybe this isn't best. It was always like, this is fucking bad, and I'm not going to be your friend if you keep smoking weed. That polarization, you know. Mm. What about me? How did I? Do you remember me ever bringing it up? Yeah, yeah, for sure. In much more gentle, you, you are probably the only person that has ever brought it up in a way that actually helped me consider the implications of constant cannabis use but i was still so resistant that i just kind of like shrugged it off or directly was like no that's not true yeah you know um but that's you know it's one of the things that you've always done so well is just you know not push and allow me to gain awareness in my own time and on my own terms which is like that's the most helpful thing and that's what if we want to do real good for our children and our friends, then I think that's how we should probably address many topics that can be problematic. Yeah, well, I'm I'm grateful that you've had this awakening around cannabis use in the last year in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, what brought that on? I mean, the truth of the matter is that for years I wanted to to be able to manage my relationship better. I I didn't, I I knew that I was addicted. I knew that I was constrained to this, um, this habit. I mean, I think, didn't I talk to you about wanting to, to take breaks and wanting to quit at times? Yeah, you did. And you started limiting. I mean, I feel like I started pointing out to you more Mm -hmm. instances where I knew you had used cannabis, whether it was eating the butter or smoking it. (laughs) And I I could tell that that it was you were struggling to like keep your keep your focus or it was it was making it more difficult to manage your emotions Mm. Like you were noticeably swinging back and forth in mm-hmm. your emotions after using cannabis mm-hmm. during the day. Mm-hmm. And I started to bring that up more. Something that I'd wanted to do for years, I think, but it can be very sensitive. Like when you're talking to someone who feels reliant or is so, has such a deep relationship with something. And they're very resistant to hearing that maybe they should consider changing Mm. their relationship with something or someone. It can be very delicate (laughs) bringing Mm. up to them like, Mm -hmm. "Uh, have you thought maybe you're behaving this way because of your relationship with this thing or person? So Mm -hmm. it was like that with you with cannabis for so many years. Mm -hmm. I kind of just stopped bringing it up. I just didn't want to have a really tough conversation. Well, I mean, I wasn't, it. I wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't, I wasn't. Yeah. Shifting. You weren't, you weren't really open to it. Yeah. So I guess I started to feel that you were more open to the, those types of conversations mm-hmm. starting or not starting, but in the past year. So, well, I really, be, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So I started bringing it up and then I feel like, you being open to that being a possibility in managing your 
emotions and mood started to make changes like started to try and not use cannabis at certain times of the day i feel mm. like and it was difficult for you or am i remembering that i don't think i don't think exactly i think that over time your attempts to bring that to my awareness the unhealthy relationship i was having did start to sink in and i would notice that i could not not smoke weed I, w- I would wake up and and think okay i'm not gonna smoke weed and then right there it would be and there i would do it yeah and there's a lot of people to talk about if i got a bag of weed i'm gonna smoke it till it's gone and that was totally 100 percent me and and i really started to see that this thing like i couldn't get away from it i can remember at least like a dozen or 20 times that i thought to myself like okay i'm not gonna smoke weed today and 10 a.m. I would find myself smoking or you know I never made it past 2 p.m. period mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't it wasn't until we started getting into the PGI stuff and the awareness of paradigms and kind of the coaching stuff that we're working with now that I became so completely aware that I had created this paradigm in my head and I can look back and see when I did it really when it really really took root is when I took on this whole Rasta thing I was just like I'm these are my people. This is what I identify with. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. Fuck off if you don't like it. I'm going to smoke weed all day every day. This is God's gift to creation, and I'm going to use it. Mm-hmm. Just like made the, wrote this story about myself, which is what was so empowering in the last year when I saw that and then was able to write a different story and see an immediate change. I mean, like when I when I when I really decided that I was going to take control of the situation and I was going to write a different paradigm, there was one day that I woke up and smoked weed after I said I wasn't going to, mm-hmm. and I felt confused and un yeah just not good, and then it shifted, and then I was like after that I was like no this is not what I want, this is not who I am anymore you know I look in the mirror and say. Eric, you're someone that smokes weed at night. You only smoke weed at oh, night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And I did that for like two weeks. Right. And then I was like, wow, if I can do this, can I just quit smoking? Because there's like, it's, it's like anything that you do all the time, eventually you feel like you need a break. And if you're not taking a break, there's part of you that's like, hey, come on. You need a break. You need a break. You need a break. You know, even coffee. We talk about this with coffee. You know, we drink coffee every fucking day. Yeah. And every six months or so, we're like, ha, ah, we really should take a break on coffee. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes us a minute to get there, and then we'll have, have a break for a week or two. And they're like, okay, back into enjoying coffee now. And you can actually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel like with cannabis now. I am so grateful. I still think it's a wonderful plant. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a great potential, obviously. That's only because I can manage it. I can use it rather than it, it, than it using me. Yeah, that's that word use. That's a very interesting term that I've been I've been curious about lately when we say I use Mm. something. To me, there's a negative connotation to that. Like it feels very one way, like, Mm -hmm. you know, use and abuse type Mm -hmm. of I've got that link. Like I use it Mm -hmm. instead of we we are engaging together like 
I've become more conscientious of it with the conversation around sacred mushrooms and people saying like, when you use mushrooms and Mm. I'm like, I don't use mushrooms. Mm. First of all, (laughs) like I'm hyper aware of it. Um, in the past, I don't know how long, a couple of years, but I feel like that is part of, you know, the language that we use. Like you're saying, like, I am the type of person that Mm -hmm. does this. The language is so important to be aware of. Mm. Like, I would totally agree with what you said with the Rastafarian practice of this is a God, this is God's gift to the earth. And this is a sacred plant. So how do we have a relationship with Mm -hmm. the plant and Mm -hmm. acknowledge its power if we're just abusing it? Yeah, that's a great point. All the time. Yeah, that's a great point. It is kind of abusive to just say like, you know, you're going to be here for me like all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to like, you're going to need to show up for me to do this and this and this every single day all Mm the time. And well, if you consider it a sacred plant, is that treating it in a sacred way? Right. No. What are your thoughts around how cannabis is being used now in the U.S. with it becoming legal so many places and acceptable? How do you perceive it? Yeah. Yeah, let's explore that. Well, I don't feel like there's much conversation going on around integration in cannabis. There's a lot Mm. more acceptance of cannabis, which is amazing, Mm -hmm. and it's place and its value Mm. however i still don't i think we have a long way to go in seeing how powerful of a shift and a change it can enact in our lives Mm. like when we start working with it how it necessitates like talking about experiences Mm -hmm. i think it's getting more commonplace in our culture's day-to-day life I think people are just kind of used to saying, oh, yeah, like I hit the bong before I came here or (laughs) like y'all want to go outside and smoke a joint or Mm -hmm. we're missing the the. This is the same conversation around the sacredness of the plant Mm -hmm. and where it can help us go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not creating containers for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not creating a like a, a respectful time and space for it driving down the road, smoking a joint or out behind the bar or whatever, you know, um, the cultivation of this plant is arguably being done in ways that are not mindful of its energetic nature. I think ultimately this is an outcome of prohibition. This is what happens when you make something across the board illegal, inaccessible, you cannot gain any type of knowledge or experience or understanding mm-hmm. of what it is. And so when it inevitably becomes an option for people, there has been no understanding of how to use it. And I think we're still seeing that for alcohol. You know, I mean, what was it? Prohibition ended in the 20s or 30s or when was alcohol prohibition over? Uh, yeah, I think it was the 20s, no. late 20s okay. that it ended. I feel I feel like the excessive alcoholic culture that we have is still reeling from all of that kind of demonization, complete lack of access. People have to be making moonshine and same thing with cannabis. Look at the energy and the vibes around cannabis where people have been having to grow clandestinely and it's secret and 
There's all this. And so the inevitable swing of the pendulum is going to be to this. Mm-hmm. And that is just as dangerous as the, you know, the inability to access. This does apply to so many plants and substances and like coffee. Coffee mm-hmm. is something that is being definitely abused. It's a very powerful plant. Yeah. Very and powerful. Dare I say that I am abusing it mm. now, I think. It's like a gap filler. Like, mm. what can I do? What do I need now? Mm-hmm. How can I, like, feel differently? Oh, I can make this coffee. I can use some coffee to mm-hmm. get me feeling differently without a recognition of, okay, you're really powerful. And this is sounds really woo-woo to probably most people, but maybe like talking to the plant, like, mm-hmm. does this feel right for you, for me to mm-hmm. uh, work with you right now? The and actually like yeah. listening for an answer instead of just assuming that we're the ones that know you're there all the time. <laughs> yeah, you're... <laughs> <laughs> Why would you exist if it wasn't for me? <laughs> <laughs> With mushrooms mm. and the popularity of microdosing, I definitely feel like that's something that most people are not considering. No. They're seeing mushrooms as sacred mushrooms as a supplement. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is something I take. Mm-hmm. You know, people expecting mushrooms to be their savior you will do this for me you will give me the relief this is why you are here and i think you're 100 percent right that is because of how they're being treated popularly it's not maybe just microdosing though it's maybe in the therapeutic psychiatric realm that's one of the things that foreman sanctuary has really brought to the forefront of my awareness regarding the human experience is that we are particularly in the united states void of a spiritual relationship with many aspects of our lives the -hmm. substances like we're talking about food that we consume Mm -hmm. sexuality community we have created or we are in the in a consumer-based society that uses everything everything is you know what does it offer me not only are we missing the point, but we're actually creating very unhealthy relationships like that. Yeah, and the other side of the coin there is asking, how do I benefit you? Mm. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. How can I support you? How can I serve you? So I would love to ask that question more <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to so many people and beings and our dog friend Smokey. Mm-hmm. like to talk to him more and water and asking how we can be of service to others more is such a great potent thing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in our listening community, what we can do to be more of service to them. Ooh, that's a good question. Maybe. How can we be of service to you? Listening listener. One thing that we, are lacking with this podcast is an effective way for our listeners to communicate with us. I know. I fucking hate social media. I don't like email either. 
but that's very much what I would love to see is us having more of a conversation with listeners and finding ways that you know we can be of service to them and communicate with them. We can find a listener that wants to manage <laughs> social media. We're going <laughs> to ask the listeners to communicate with us and tell us how we can they can communicate with us best. Um, smoke signals. <laughs> Send up a flare or the bat signal. Ooh, they can write us letters. <laughs> Snail mail. <laughs> Send a postcard. Hey. To an address that we won't give you because that we don't want to give out a personal address. <laughs> <laughs> they can send it to a P.O. box. I'll give me your parents' address. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's something we need to think about and we need to come up with because it's a real thing. If we're going to keep doing this, and we are, then we want it to be a community effort. We know that Sanctuary members that are listening and communicate stuff, you know, but we get, you know, we're getting several hundred downloads per episode. So there are people that are listening all the way through. That's really amazing of you. I really thank you so much for doing that. What's your relationship with, with Cannabis Now? When's the last time you used it? Do you feel like you still can have and want to have any kind of relationship with it? You are fun when you smoke weed occasionally. Oh, thanks. It's really a lot of fun when we very seldomly do. I love cannabis so much. I am so grateful for cannabis. So the most recent experience I have with cannabis that's really powerful is when I was pregnant. Mm. And this is extremely taboo yeah, to talk about. Do it. Uh, hopefully CPS isn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Don't worry. There's no THC in my kid's blood right now. Mm. But... I had horrible nausea and Mm -hmm. I was vomiting so much the first trimester Mm -hmm. of being pregnant with both of our children. But in with our first child, we were on probation when I was pregnant Mm -hmm. and I definitely wasn't using cannabis uh, for that reason. And also because I was going to a hospital, major hospital for Mm -hmm. wellness checks. There was always the threat of them doing blood tests and Mm -hmm. seeing that uh, I have THC in my system and then sending CPS and all that, which I have a handful of friends who have gone through that Mm -hmm. at this point where they mention using cannabis for nausea to their, uh, OBGYN or their um, obstetrician and they have to notate it and they notate it in the system and it automatically fla- flags for at birth um, them to test the baby's umbilical so cord or there's different procedures that go down depending on what state you're in but CPS ends up showing up at your house and it's an extremely traumatic experience terrifying like I can't imagine giving birth. Giving birth is already scary enough. And then to go through nine plus months of pregnancy and nurturing a relationship with this beautiful human inside of you. And then being told after you lovingly and just like ferociously push it out mm-hmm. of your womb <laughs> that 
uh, uh, we might take it away now because <laughs> a you plant use, that is non toxic. Yeah, because <laughs> you consume this plant for you know here and there, <gasps> and yeah, that's totally non toxic. Meanwhile, they're prescribing drugs left and right for nausea mm-hmm. that have a slew of horrible side effects. Mm-hmm. Which it's fine. Like I have no judgment um, against women for utilizing those drugs that can help them Mm. um i just you know also ask that you don't have judgment against me for utilizing sacred plants Mm. to be helpful in the way that i find them helpful so i made cannabis butter from cannabis that we were growing in our yard in jamaica Mm -hmm. and you i use that i used it so I ate cannabis butter. I would wait until about 4 p.m. in the first trimester that I was pregnant with our daughter. And I would, I made cookies with it, Mm. with the cannabis butter. And then I would eat like half a cookie and my nausea would just totally go away. Of course, you know, at that point, I also, you know, I can't do tasks that require like (laughs) concentration (laughs) and detail oriented focus. So that's why I waited till 4 PM when all my work was done, which was extremely hard to do while feeling like at any moment I could vomit depending on what smell came across or what sound was going on or emotion that came up. I mean, it was like, ugh, sucked first trimester is really hard for a lot of women Mm. so cannabis helped i feel like it saved it saved my it saved me like i've just felt like i would have been totally miserable that first trimester Mm. so thank you cannabis i love you i'm so grateful Mm. and then when the nausea went away i stopped eating the cannabis butter so weird how you've been able to do that you've just been like eh, nah, good done with it that really helped me see how powerful of a plant cannabis is Mm -hmm. because that i felt so incredibly sick Mm -hmm. and seeing how like going from that spectrum side of the spectrum to it helping shift me Mm -hmm. radically to Mm -hmm. another uh point in the spectrum of feeling uh really reminded me yeah, how powerful energetically cannabis mm-hmm. is. Like, wow, if I'm if I'm consuming this without feeling sick, like, right. wow, where is this taking me? Yeah. And <laughs> that was just spectrum. some outdoor regular weed. Mm-hmm. You know, that was nothing like what is being grown here in the states. And I I, I have definite concerns around that for my kids. You know, I got a 19 year old kid that smokes weed. And, you know, the uh-huh. weed is so fucking strong and there's already definite indications that very early cannabis use particularly such high potency can lead to psychosis and i think that's a very real possibility and something that again we're just not talking about how powerful this thing is and the integration piece that you bring up is really interesting something i've never never thought about you know until you said it and i was like holy shit you're right we never i've never talked about really any of my cannabis experiences with anybody and really like worked it out as a major life 
shifting event that it was and therapists that we've worked with and you just don't hear people talking about cannabis in this way when it really deserves it and and that's how you know i hesitate to say should but maybe we should be talking about it yeah so thinking about my earlier experiences with cannabis my first experiences with cannabis going from so at that time I was so rigid I mean I was so um, I needed to feel control in every situation I felt like I need to be in control of this and this and this and this and this and Mm -hmm. so I would plan everything and if things didn't go the way I planned I just could barely handle it and a boyfriend was a heavy cannabis user and being around him, I felt like I could just by being around him, I felt like I could let go of being con- in control some because he was so like, oh, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever happens, happens. Blah, blah, blah. So after being with him for a couple of years, I started becoming interested in trying cannabis and then my first experience with cannabis was so radical for me I just I I decided like the way I've been living my life has been wrong what happened talk, <laughs> like, talk about your first experience. Uh, well the very first experience was pretty scary actually mm. and I was with a big group of people and I was I was like the cannabis virgin. So they were all like, oh, what's she going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how's this one going to respond? She's so uptight. <laughs> like, how is this going to go? Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't speak. I was paralyzed, mm-hmm. like could not speak, could not move for probably three hours on I the couch. I remember you very early on telling me about this. And I remember asking my boyfriend who was sitting right next to me, am I stuck like this? Is this forever? (laughs) And he, you know, and everybody in the room laughed and I just felt so embarrassed. Like, Mm. Oh, how, how are other people functioning? I thought something was wrong with me. Like Mm. how is everyone else in this room laughing and carrying on and having a great time? And I am paralyzed. Mm. I, I did not like it. It was that it was such a drastic shift from being in control to feeling so out of control that when I started to um, come down from that, I decided like that's I don't know what that was, but that was not that's not going to be doable for me. Mm. (laughs) Um, But. Then after talking about it to some people, they're like, oh, you probably just took too hard of a hit. Like, because everyone around me was saying, take the deepest possible <laughs> breath you can <laughs> and and take three big hits, you know. Right. So they were intentionally, well, everybody was saying, oh, you may not feel anything. It's your first time smoking, so you may not get high at all. Mm-hmm. So they were like, just go ahead and take the three biggest breaths you can from this bong. So, oh shit! You did yeah. A bong? Yes, it was oh. a bong. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I got way too high, and when I realized that after having so many conversations with experienced cannabis 
smokers that yeah you smoke way too much like you need to just do a little teeny any little bitty little Mm. hit next time so then i tried that and then i thought okay this is what i'm gonna keep doing Mm. (laughs) this is really nice i'm laughing i can talk i'm not paralyzed i also (laughs) feel like all the shit that i was worried about five minutes ago Mm. no longer carries any weight for me right now I've been needing this and then I just I was hooked like Mm. this is my new food of choice like (laughs) this is my friend Mm. so speaking um, of I love eating it oh you get so fucking high I feel a little high right now talking about being high (laughs) no you don't know I slipped some weed in the microphone Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, this is like a, a weed mic. It's like a vaporizer Dude, too. Uh, gotcha. Mm. No. It is well that's that speaks to the spirit. That speaks to the energy energy of the thing. You can talk about something and you can bring that experience back. You can bring it in. We can do it. we've seen it happen with mushrooms, you know. Anyway, I don't know what's going on around, but yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely your high voice. That's your high yeah, yeah. No, man, I get high. <laughs> you know and then all the words just string <laughs> together. <laughs> yep. No, man, I, right. I, I ate weed. Remember when I ate weed derby last year? I ate so much butter. Mm. I was comatose at your parents' house on derby. Woo! I don't really Dude, remember I that. Not. I, I, I think was, you play it off pretty well, though. That day I could not like it was coming at me like a train. Your dad came outside. I was like, Bob, I just ate so much butter and I I, I did I ate more than I intended on. Right, it was stronger than I thought. And I was like, it's coming at me hard right now. He's like, oh yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna shut down here shortly. And I did. I shut down for like four hours. There was n- can't believe you don't remember I that. Vaguely remember that. I was locked down. Anyway, yeah, cannabis, it's a tricky, slippery slope. Uh, it's a well, valuable plant that's got a lot of good. I started talking about my initial experiences. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. And then, so sorry. that's okay. Uh, I got off track. I forgot where I was going with that. Well, um, no, I mean, you just said that you felt so it was a game changer. You were so much more relaxed and you were able right. to. And that's what it was I'd a game changer. And I started talking about it uh, to people, including my parents. Mm. And I kind of, I kept getting the message uh, from elders like my parents okay like that's fine like just be careful mm-hmm. there wasn't much interest in exploration around my actual experiences with mm-hmm. cannabis like well tell me like how did that feel what were you what were you feeling what were you thinking how mm-hmm. is that sitting with you now Let's, you know, let's dive deeper into that. Yeah, that like there was like our society that there talks was about things. <laughs> yeah, that's how we talk about <laughs> things in our culture. You're just like, okay, that's fine and good. Just be safe. Don't get don't get caught with it and be careful. So, yeah, where's the integration? For all, for so much. I mean, even alcohol. Think about your alcohol experiences. Those things are not talked about. Altered states in general are such a profound life-changing experience and we just kind of like yeah, okay, you get uh, you get drunk, you get some mushrooms, whatever, you know. Cool, glad you had fun. Cool, yeah. All right, let's not talk about that too much. It might bring up some uncomfortable feelings. Yeah. Might bring up some questions that I don't have answers to. <laughs> so, yeah. How about those uh, 
sports sportsers. <laughs> but those politicals. Politicals? Yeah. <laughs> the sporty sports and the political politicals. Yeah, let's talk about that in, in the forecast. Yeah, weather, sports, politics. Yep. Weed. My head feels like a balloon. Mm-hmm. That in itself is like a weird experience right now. I'm just mm-hmm. putting it out there. And you can't hardly integrate that because <laughs> people are like, oh, you got COVID. Or were you, have you been tested in the last six hours? <laughs> Do you have a rapid test in your pocket? (laughs) (laughs) If you don't, I am turning off this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Might get contact buzz from this podcast. Might get contact COVID from this podcast. Who knows? For the record, in case you're concerned, (laughs) listener, I probably don't have COVID, but... She does have a test scheduled. (laughs) I do have a test scheduled, which, by the way... The first one available was like five days out from when <laughs> I started having <laughs> symptoms. So stay home. <laughs> Don't talk to anybody. That little tickle in your throat may be the end of the world. Yeah. Don't worry. It's not COVID. It's just cancer. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fine. But oh, it's not COVID. Well, at least you don't have COVID. <laughs> yeah. It's just throat cancer. Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> just don't. Let's just, oh, yeah. <laughs> we need some, we're going to need some help after this one. We've alienated 75% of Everyone. our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> the weed smokers. Yeah, I know. God. All of our friends are like, oh, now they hate weed. I don't hate weed. I smoked weed with you on New Year's Eve. Passed me this blip. I was like, hey, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I might hit it. Like, All right. Interesting uh, rambling episode. There's nowhere else to go. It's it. Weed. It's an interesting uh, topic that we still have not figured out. And maybe we'll come back to Maybe we'll talk to a weed expert at some time. Ooh. Like an actual weed expert. You know, there are, I would love to interview an integration coach or therapist. I know there are integration coaches out there for cannabis. Hmm. I came across a pretty nice website a few months ago. In Colorado, there was a, a group out there that was doing some pretty cool retreats around cannabis um, mm-hmm. from what I understand. But again, that's like, that's what happens when you have a legal environment yeah. where you can openly talk about these things and not feel, you know, ostracized. Yeah. There's a lot of value. You talk about it. Right. You can create safe containers for it. I vote for that. <laughs> I'm just Hearing my voice ring in my head and it's just getting <laughs> real weird. I'm just letting you go. <laughs> what? I'm just letting it go. Okay. Usually it's me. Well, thanks for listening. If you've made it this far, then you must be stoned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So congratulations. So send us a postcard. Let us know you were high and we'll mention your name on the podcast. Thanks for listening, y'all. All right. Thanks. Bye. And the beating of the drum.